First Samuel. First Samuel 22. I need someone to volunteer to turn to Psalm 142. And someone to volunteer to turn to Psalm 57. All right. Thank you. 142. All right. Thank you, David. The last time I was here, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fact that God had removed all the crutches in David's life. He lost his wife, uh, didn't lose her, but she lied about him, and, and so he was kicked out of his house and, and the relationship there. He didn't see Samuel, his spiritual leader, again. Uh, he lost his position uh, in, in the army. Uh, in, in Saul's uh, kingdom, he lost he lost everything, and so today, whenever we look at him, we we see him, and he's at the lowest point. We we actually we saw that he, he lost his self dignity. Although uh, he was acting like a crazy man, letting letting drool come down his beard like he had. You know, rabies or something uh, at the gate, and and then the the king people were saying, "Well, isn't that the guy that killed Goliath?" And and um, and he came out, and looked at him, and saw that he was acting deranged. And he said, "What? I don't have enough crazy people in my kingdom to worry about another one. He's no problem to me." And so David is. David has lost everything. All right? And we find him in a cave. Now, people like to go to caves whenever they get depressed, don't they? Okay? Have, have you ever been depressed? You go to your house, turn off your lights, and go to the bedroom, turn off the lights in the bedroom, and you get in bed. Make it as dark as you possibly can, turn off the TV. You don't want any noise. And what does that look like? A cave. Okay? Alright? Elijah did the same thing, did he not? He has this great experience on Mount Carmel. Jezebel says, I'm going, I want to destroy you just like you destroyed all my prophets. And so what does he do? He goes and hides in a cave. And so, so David is not the only person that's ever been depressed. He's depressed. He goes into a cave. Look at what he says. Verse 22, uh, chapter 22, verse 1. So David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Let's stop there. Read for me Psalm 142. I 
It is said that David wrote this in a cave while he was hiding from Saul. Now David hid from Saul several times from the cave. Now, so it, it was it this time that he was in this cave, or a different time that he was in a cave, but he wrote it while he was in a cave. And, and did you hear the despair that he had in his life? He looked all around and there's no one else with him. No one even knew his name. No one regarded him to be important. Now think about this for just a moment. Just a minute ago, I'm using that word minute the way we do in today's society. Just a minute ago, he was ruler of thousands of, of Saul's army. And now no one even knows his name. The women were singing. And Saul killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. Everybody knew David's name. And in this psalm he says, no one knows my name. He is completely depressed. And he's on his face before the Lord. But do you understand where he ends up? He ends up praising the Lord anyway. Okay, we get down. We get down. I, you know, we struggle in life. It's not a problem to struggle in life. We, we struggle with what's going on in our lives. I tell people all the time, it's okay to question God. Question As long as you just keep questioning him, don't look at somewhere else. Because he's the one with the answer. Don't, don't look at someone else. People that question God and then turn to something else looking for an answer are the ones that don't believe in God. But whenever we question God and we keep questioning God, David, look, look at what he says. He says, I cry loud with my voice. I make supplications. He says, he says, give heed to my, my cry, for I am brought low, but deliver me, bring my soul out of prison. And then he says, I give thanks to your name, for you deal bountifully with me. See, he knew that God was always going to take care of him. We're not We're not orphans, if you will. The Bible says God never leaves us nor forsakes us. He never turns his back on us. And David understood that. Now, now he's he's at a very low point. Now turn with me to 50, oh, Psalm 57. Michael, yep. if you could read that for us. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire whose teeth are spears and arrows, 
and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. <clears throat> my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and heart. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the people. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches into the heavens and your truth into the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. All right, this too was written in a cave. Do you hear the difference between Psalm 142 and this one? In Psalm 40, 142, he's at a low, despairing point. He is, he is on his face. Here he's on his knees. I can envision him on his knees crying out to God, giving praise and thanks, praising, praying, his hands lifted up as he's looking up to the heavens, but he's on his knees praying. You see, as, as we seek the Lord in our despair, in our depression, as we understand our need, that we need a refuge. And, and we all need a time of refuge. It's okay. You remember that Jesus went away? Okay? He got the note. He got the note that his best friend, one of his best friends in all the world was sick. And he turned to his, 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 uh, his disciples and said, let's go camp. Well, Lazarus sick. Oh, he's going to go to sleep. Well, that'll be good for him. So let's go camp. No, he's going to die. <laughs> no, we need to go then. No, let's go go camp. I mean, and he had he hung out for three or four days before he even left. And then by the time he got there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Why did Jesus do that? Now, I know it was a plan. I, I understand it. But there are times that we need to have refuge. Remember that Jesus also, in the middle of everything, he, he just disappeared into the mountains by himself. Why? Because he had to be fed. Now, that was his man's part. Okay? He, he was all man. He was all God. But his all man had to connect with his all God at times. And when we get alone and we get into that cave mentality and we say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm alone. I'm by myself. But you're here. Oh, yeah, you're here. Oh, God, you have a weapon. You know my name. You know who I am. You're here. Oh, thank you, God. And that is a cure for depression, though, is right? It is. It is. It's understanding that God loves us and accepts us where we are. You know, and, and you start singing. Now, some of us don't sing very well. So we do it quietly. 
overtook whenever we're alone in the cave, okay? But, but David, David brought out the harp and the lyre and the guitar, alright? So he's in a point of despair. He knows he needs something. And that something is God. He writes songs about it. But look at what God does for him. Look at the second half of verse 1 of, of 1 Samuel 22. And when his brothers and all his father household heard of it, they went down there to him. Now, remember the last time we heard about David's brothers? They were against him. They were making fun of him. You're only up here to find out about this battle going on. You want to cause trouble. Who's taking care of those little sheep? And you don't hear anything about his family after he leaves and goes and lives in Saul's palace. And he's at his lowest point in life and who shows up? His family. You know how important family is? You don't know how important family is until you need family. And David, whenever they showed up in this cave, and he's probably going, what are y'all doing here? Oh, we just came to love on you, brother. Y'all don't love me. Yeah, we do. Shut up. Start playing that guitar for us. We're going to sing with you. Can't you see it? God provided his family because they brought encouragement to him. Now I realize, I realize, not everybody has 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 great family. I understand that. I understand that, that family in today's society is full of so much dysfunction, it's crazy. So we need church. So when we get depressed, we need to come to church. Let people love them. Church ought to be the safest place ever. You ought to be able to come to church and say, hey folks, I need to love you. And let us love. You're okay to come to church and say, I need something. I need to be loved today. It's all right because we're family. Say, folks, I, things I'm going through right now, I need family. I talked to my sister and her two daughters the other day. I started crying on the phone. I ain't cried in front of my sister and I don't know how long. And she ain't one of the, excuse me, she, she's not one of these people that cry very much, that cries very much, at least not in front of people. And I was like, where did that come from? I said, sometimes I just need somebody to hug me, so y'all just pretend like you're hugging me right now because we need it. You know, there's, there's, we need family. And church ought to be family. And I, I encourage us as a as a church body to be family with each other. 
Because because whenever we're down, whenever we're down, we need people to be able to say, hey, it's going to be okay. Because I know, I understand, or I want to walk beside you. And God put David's family in the cave with him. His big brothers make fun of him. His mother and his dad, his whole household, got in the cave with him. Can you imagine just getting in there? I don't know. Have you ever been in the cave? The dankness, the darkness. You know, and 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 here he is, and they get in there with him. Oh, I'm sure David was like, "Hey, hey, I don't, I, I don't need y'all. I don't need y'all. I'm, I'm David. I was going to king of Israel. I don't need y'all. No, no, I don't think David did that. Remember, he just wrote those two songs that said, "No one knows me but you, God. We thank you, God, for knowing." And his family showed up. Now look, look who else showed up. Look, look, look at this. Verse 2. Everyone who was in distress. That word means under pressure. Anyone under pressure in life? Anybody here have pressure in their lives? Okay, wait a second, wait a second. Everyone who is in debt. And the Hebrew word there means had many creditors. History says that Saul had overtaxed everybody and this group of people were not able to pay their taxes. Well, that's applicable to today's society. Whenever this is tax season, if you didn't know, you need to be working on the taxes. Everyone who was in debt and then everyone who was discontented, they were bitter, they had been mistreated, they had been wronged in some way. Can you imagine this group of people? There's 400 of them. They gathered to him and he became the captain over them. Now they were there were about 400 men with him, plus his mom and dad. And his brothers, his whole, whole household. And he's 400 in debt, stressed out, angry, bitter people in this cave. And God sent them all to David. Can you imagine David's going, now wait a minute, God, I was the one in. in, in I was the one in despair. And you're sending these angry people to me. These bitter people to me. These wrong people to me. These people that are in debt. How am I supposed to feed people that are in debt? And there's 400 of them. But you don't read that. read his songs and it says he's praising the Lord for who he is, who God is. 
knowing that God is taking care of him and that he's his refuge. Out of these 400 men become his 30 plus mighty men of valor. All of a sudden, David moves from being a person in distress himself or despair and becomes a leader, a mentor, a coach, if you will, of people that need to understand who God is. It's going to make a difference in people's lives. You know, we, we don't know who God's going to bring through that door. We don't understand what God's going to do in this, in this facility. Are we ready for that? Do we understand that no matter who, it, who comes in, that, that we're supposed to help them walk through life from where we are to where we're going? See, God had to bring David to a point that he could relate with the people that God was bringing into his life. And he did. He, he brought him down where he was in despair. Oh, you can read the song. Read it. Read all of them. He gets angry with God. God, why did you why did you turn your back on me? But God didn't turn your back. Why do you let my enemies win? But his enemies did. Why? 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 But praise you, God. And look at what David does first. Look at what he does. Look at verse 3, because this is important. Now David went from there to Mizpah of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and my mother come and stay with you until I know what God will do for you. And he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. So, so the first thing he did was he took care of mom and dad. Do you think maybe that David knew what the sixth commandment was? Or the fifth commandment? I think it's the fifth. Honor your father and mother. The first commandment that's dealing with human to human. Honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with a promise, the only one with the promise of the ten. So that your days on the earth will be long. And so instead of mom and dad living in the cave with him and a bunch of 400 renegade, he took him to the king of Moab and said, hey, can, you, can they stay in your palace? Do you think that 
it's not written here, and I'm reading into scripture, and please forgive me, I'm, I'm stepping over. Do you think that David probably did something of the nature of, you know, in, in King Nisbah, I'll take care of it, if you take care of it. I don't know. Now, it's important for us to understand that David was a man of integrity, a man after God's own heart, and even that one, two verses teaches us that we are to do the things that God teaches us in His Word. And he took care of his mom and dad from the very get-go. And he put them in a he put them in with the palace. And and then he goes on and 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 he goes and talks to he talks to the prophet dad. And 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 let's jump down here just for a second. Look at verse six. And Saul heard that David and the men who were with him had discovered, had been discovered. Now Saul was sitting in Gibeah under the tamarisk tree on the height with his spear in his hand. And all his servants were standing around him. And Saul said to his servants who stood around him, Hear, old, hear now, old Benjamites, will the son of Jesse, also give to all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make you all commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? For all of you have conspired against me, so that there is no one who discloses to me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. There is none of you who is sorry for me or discloses to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me the line ambush as it is this day. See, Saul in his depression is delusional. He doesn't seek the Lord. David's seeking the Lord. Saul is seeking sympathy. Actually seeking pity. Benjamites, do you think David's going to take care of y'all? What he's saying is, do you think whenever David becomes king, that he's going to take care of you? He's going to, he's going to wipe you out because you're part of my family. That is, that's what he's threatening. Because it's known that whenever the new king comes, he wipes out the whole family. And so he's, he's, he's accusing David of coming in, and, and so he's trying to Get them against David. If he becomes king, he's going to destroy all y'all. And you mean you're not even going to tell me that my son made a covenant with you? Y'all are against me just like my son's against me. See, David, Saul is seeking pity in his depression. David seeks the Lord in so let me encourage you in this, and we'll stop with this. Whenever we get down in life, and we do, we get down in life. Every one of us has been down at some point in time. Let me encourage you to seek the Lord. Let 
Don't seek pity. People give, we give each other what, what we can, but we're going to give ourselves, we're going to give what we can, and sometimes when we give something, it's going to be based on our own sympathies as well. We're going to find out that, that Saul, Saul gets what he wants, and it turns into bad. David seeks the Lord and comes in. So every time, if we get down in life, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. It doesn't always change the circumstances, but it changes the attitude. You know? Because he is faithful. Oh. All right. Life of David. Let's pray. Ah, before I pray, let me not forget. Uh, Friday night at 6 o'clock, we're having sandwich supper. 6.30 is the Bible study. And then, uh, and then Saturday morning, we have the breakfast. What time is the breakfast going? Does it start at 8? Bible study at 8.30? Y'all get me up early on Saturdays. All right, hallelujah. Do what? It starts as soon as you get here. Are you bringing breakfast? Is that it? Okay, amen. All right. So uh, that's that's uh, this weekend. So so we'll we'll make sure that we get that that word out. Uh, the next two days, so let's not forget that. Good time. So, Sunday morning, and it is uh, last Sunday of the month, so we have lunch. Man, we're going to eat all weekend. So, last Sunday of the month, but we we still have church Sunday Sunday night because it's a full Sunday. Also, our baby bottles will do Sunday if we have a few. We'll take them anytime. Okay, but we just want to let each other. Okay? All kinds of stuff going on, right? Alright, let's let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for being faithful. We praise you for your faithfulness. And we ask, Father God, that that we would trust in that faithfulness. Recognize it and uh, and turn to it no matter what we're going through, and help us to focus on you, and not on our circumstances. God, we pray for our events this weekend, uh, CR tomorrow night, then we pray for the Bible study, pray for Dr. Bill this weekend, as he teaches us, open our hearts so that we might hear and learn. Uh, then we pray for our services Sunday morning. Uh, that you would just help us to worship you. And Father, again, we pray for our church. That our church would be the, the lighthouse that it's supposed to be. That people would know your love by what we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a good couple of days, and we'll see you soon.